Welcome back to the Afternoon Snack Podcast, episode 86. I'm Meredith, here with Alex, my lovely co-host. I thought you were going to say lover. <laughs> that too. And our motley crew of assistants. We have Ivy and Rue both sleeping somewhere. They are best friends. I don't if if you're out there and you have a cat and a dog and they're best friends, I love that for you because it's so fun to watch them. It's like a love-hate, but mostly love. It's really fun. Yeah, it's pretty cute. Um Yeah, it's right before Christmas, so I uh, wanted to get or the holidays. It's right before the holidays. Um wanted to get another episode out before then because we know that you'll miss us even though we're still very much on the internet and available. I don't know. Um, this is a nice time of year because it's like we're slowing down with work, not slowing down with training too much, but um, it always feels like a little bit of the pressure comes off, which is nice. Everyone needs a little bit of a break. Yeah. I think we always feel a little bit bad taking time, but especially when you like own your own business. It feels like you can never like, I love that. Well, like, are you taking time off or like, we know when vacation comes up, you don't really get time off. Like you can take days off work, but what happens inevitably is the work just is there when you get back. Yeah. It just sort of snowballs, I guess. Yeah. Accumulates. But it's certainly a lighter time when other people are taking time with their families and things like that. Yeah. Less action. It's nice in. to, yeah, you sort of time your time off during a less busy time. Yeah. For sure. So we'll be getting some skiing in if it warms up. Geez, yeah. It's like mm, Arctic temperature here, polar vortex, minus 30 to minus 35. It's crazy. Very cold. So we've been passing the time um, watching some. Okay, okay, so we're not like big TV people. Or I rarely watch movies. We watch probably an hour to an hour and a half every night before bed. It's like our kind of our wind down time. Really important to Alex to watch It is TV. very important to me. I've done it my entire life. It's like, okay, after dinner, you have like an hour or so to watch. Like, for instance, Survivor on Thursdays. Like, you would watch the shows that you would have to watch in real time on TV, like ER and those things. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> But yeah, it's just something I've always done and I really find it can help kind of like, it's like the bookend to the day. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're going to sit down. We're going to like turn off TV. Like my phone is away. Turn and, off the TV? Sorry, turn, turn off, off computers. TV? Oh, okay. And like, that's what I, that's, that's what I personally need. I can't like go from doing stuff straight to bed. Huh. I mean, I do sometimes yeah. if we're like out for dinner, but it's definitely like just the, the cherry on top of the day for me. Yeah. I tolerate it. Yeah, right. Mary's like, mm, perfect time for my nap. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the thing is I can go from doing things to being asleep. In fact, that's like my preferred order of operations. So. And then I'll be like, do you want to go to bed? You're falling asleep. You're like five more minutes. I just want to get through this scene. And if in that moment you were to say like, what are we even watching? I would be like, finding Nemo. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any idea. So sorry, back to you. Oh, I know. So we were, we're back to you, in- Meredith. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. We're kind of back to like in between shows. We just finished um, A League of Their Own. I guess that's kind of the yeah, season one, A League of Their Own, which a uh, great movie. 
Have you seen the, the original Alex? A while back. And you know how I am with movies. You remember absolutely nothing. Like for someone who likes TV and movies as much as you do, your memory for like what things are actually about is abysmal. I know. And that's why I can watch. I'm also guilty of being that person who like watches shows over and over again. Yeah. And not friends. No. Once was enough for me with well, friends. And once was, I've, I think I watched The Office a couple times, but I'm like, even Seinfeld was okay, but I like watching like drama series over again mm. where you get, you reinvest. See, I'm the opposite. If I'm going to rewatch a TV show, I like the, like for just background casual watching, I like the show where like there's a complete story arch in each episode Okay, because you, could, you don't have to really watch them in order. Like The Office is the perfect example because you can watch The Office out of order and like, yeah, there's like kind of in the background, there's like the Jim and Pam story. Um, but... Like mostly you can kind of just pop in and out and still enjoy the episodes. Seinfeld, another mm-hmm. great Seinfeld's example. a great show. Like every episode has a complete story arc. Yeah. It's perfect for casual watching. But like Curb your enthusiasm. Yeah. Except I don't think you like that show. I like that show. I don't think you do. Okay. <coughs> okay. Well, thanks for We've letting tried me watching it and you're like, eh. Well, we tried watching the new one. Okay. I don't like the new one as much. But um yeah, shows like you're like you like watching Queer as Folk. Like that's a, a you need like a but whole But if you've seen it so many times. Yeah, because you don't you, branch out. You just you know where you are. You can start it at any time mm. and you know what's happening. It's like the L word. Yeah. I can start at season five and, mm. and it's fine. So I think season five is where the L word starts to go downhill a little bit. <sighs> but I digress. Okay. Um, Back to your point. My point is we've been passing the time. Yes. Watching a league of their own, like watching the new L word, watching some lesbian films. Cause we go on, you know, gay film kicks and there's a theme. There's a theme. And it's specifically cause we've watched, um, we've watched some films with like gay men too. But with the the gay girl movies, the lesbian films, there's a theme. And that theme is yearning. Like most of them are period piece movies (laughs) set in, I don't know, like the early 1900s, the 1950s. Back when you had to be like very in the closet. And so the whole, like the, the underlying, the undertones of every, almost every lesbian film is yearning off limits no hanky panky in public <laughs> don't even look at each other one of them is usually married often yeah yep. so often. um recently the one that we watched is tell it to the bees and meredith texted me because she was away and she was like i haven't and any any gay woman out there will probably be able to relate to this experience and it's like part of being gay is like Basically doing, you have to do research to find movies yeah. that you can relate to. Like they're, they're not just like out there. Yeah. They're like hidden in like, like vaults. You have yeah. to, you have to go to like French, like French, like film, small film award winning, like Toronto. They're film not just Festival. like out in the world. Oh. You have to in, you have to do a full investigation every time you want to watch a movie that has a gay like plot. Yeah. So when you find one that you haven't seen, it is exciting stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so, then you get like halfway into it and you're like, it's the same. It's the same. <laughs> it's the same as the last one. It It is. Um, but anyway, so Meredith texts me. She's like, we haven't seen this one. So I watched the trailer and I'm like, yep, looks like we'll be up our alley. And then at the end of the movie, I was like, well, what did you think? And she was like, ah, I felt like there was something missing. And it was that there wasn't quite as much yearning. Yeah. It just kind of happened. There yeah. wasn't that like tension that kind of, there needs to be tension for at least 50 minutes. Yes, and I think there was, there was only tension for like 20. I know it was, it needs, that needs to be longer. Like the whole film was only like an hour and 20 minutes. Um, you know, the, I, I need there to be so much tension in lesbian movies that I'm like jumping up and down and like screaming <laughs> at some point in the movie, you know? Yeah. Just do it. Um, and so, and then of course at the end, classic, they don't end up being together. No, they part and it's oh, very dramatic. I'm so sorry. We just ruined it. Well, I mean, not really because honestly, can, I wouldn't even recommend the movie. No. And like to be, I had seen, I had seen clips of it before. I think, I don't know if I've, if I actually like sat down and watched it. So I was like, okay, I definitely need to rewatch this. Um, but yeah, I was just like, uh, kind of flat. I mean, glad that I watched it. I'm always glad that I watched There aren't that many that I'm like, yeah. I, I, I regret watching. There's only like blue is the warmest color. I regret watching that one. There was that a was sex not- scene in that, that I was too early on in my, in my like on coming out journey to see a sex scene like that, <laughs> to be frank. <laughs> Like, and the oh. acting again, subpart, wasn't that French too? French subtitles? It was French. Yeah, it was like, and I don't, obviously, like we discussed, I don't know French. Um, but you don't have to know French to know bad acting. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to our next point. So the the new L word that's out, Generation Q, I think it's on its second or third season. Third season. Um, and like, of course, we'll watch it. Because like, of course, what it, there's nothing else to watch. What are we going to watch like? A rom com, no regular rom com, like heterosexual, shit. like Get no, out of here with that. I don't can't relate to I've this. I've had enough of your friends, like heterosexual five person friend group bullshit. Yeah, sitcom. No, a lot of people you. are going to be offended by that. By the way, I don't care. Anyways, so I text Meg, our other coach, or we were together, and I'm like, you should watch the L word like of course everybody watches it I don't even know why I recommend it because it's not even that good but it's yeah. all there is it's yeah. amazing what will, that will do to your standards so she texted me she's last night she's like I don't know how you two made it through the first five minutes it's the acting is so bad and like it kind of made me think like what we have to sit through to just to get something <laughs> relatable visibility <laughs> <laughs> it's almost okay uh, I don't know I don't know much about like casting or <laughs> shows, but it's almost like they really typecasted people hard in the new L word. And so it's like the actors didn't really know how to play the roles that they were in. They've gotten, it got better. It's definitely better um, now in season three than it was in season one. It season one, it was like, Oh, you're, you guys are doing like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They're very, like, I guess they're being very inclusive, which I can appreciate, but it's also, again, it's like, just bring back the old crew. I know. Just like bring back everyone, not Tina. <laughs> <laughs> everyone but Tina. I like bet with pe- anyone but Tina. Unfortunately, bet will always be Tina's. I know. And then I thought it was really interesting this last episode. <laughs> Did you like that? <laughs> yeah, um, you have it out for Tina. I don't like Tina. 
I just I think she's I've like never liked a Tina. cringy person. I know. Um, it's like in Queers Folk, Michael. You like hate Michael. I hate Michael so much I can't even watch that show anymore. I cannot handle Michael's level of whiny. He's really whiny. Bitchiness. <laughs> Grow up here. I know. Anyways, um, so the new, well, not the newest episode, I guess the one before it, they brought back uh, Max, who was a really controversial character in the first iteration of the L word. Max was like a, um, yeah, he's trans man. And the drama, the way that they wrote that character in was like a real shame because it was very much, they created kind of a spectacle of Max and like not in a very nice way. Like started, he started testosterone and then it was like became very aggressive, like very stereotypical. Like Roy not Yeah, not reflective of what is actually yeah necessarily <clears throat> the case with people who are transitioning. Yeah. And, um, you know, then Max got pregnant and then it's the whole, it was just like the spectacle of, um, of Max. And I thought it was really, and they're, they're open. Like the writers are like, we really regret the way that that happened. And I think that the community by, like in large is just kind of like, Ooh, we kind of wish that Max didn't happen that way. Yeah. It sucks because I think that there, that was, or to me, it seemed at least for me, early representation mm-hmm. of a trans character and I think it's great that there was representation, but it's also important how they're represented. Yeah. And that was just not necessarily the best. Yeah. But still representation. I mean, there that that's probably the case for a lot of like queer characters early on. Well, I mean, yeah, look at, I mean, it's the same with, uh, you know, the way that lesbians are rec- like. Uh, for example, like what was that book we read? I think we've already mentioned it once, but basically the the book or the movie like American Pie, mm-hmm. like that's what representation looked like for yeah. a period of time. So in the the early 2000s were pretty harsh, I think, to the gay community and then especially the trans community. And Disclosure is the Netflix documentary that kind of talks about yeah. that period of time and just the way that trans people especially are misrepresented generally, misunderstood and the way that they are are placed in popular media and movies and TV is um as does does them a real disservice. Yeah. And Max is kind of the epitome of that. Yeah. So anyways, they brought Max back into the new season, which I was surprised to see. And then um I thought it was really I caught this and you didn't and then I said No, something. I did catch it. Oh, you did catch it. Okay, well you're just quicker than I thought. Um <laughs> I'm going to take that as a compliment. Yeah, you're welcome. But they had, so they brought Max back and then Shane, who's like, you know, one of the main characters in the old and the new season, basically pulls Max aside and apologizes to Max. But if you watch the apology, you kind of realize it's the writers apologizing via um, Shane to Max for being, yeah, inappropriate Mm -hmm. and kind of dickish in the way that they treated him. So anyways. um, That was a deeper dive into what we originally wanted to talk about was just the bad acting that we'll sit through <laughs> to watch a good gay flick. Not good. Not good. Any gay Any flick. Any gay flick. What's the worst one you've ever seen? Okay. Under. Below I'm like, her mouth. I'm like really. T- <laughs> Below her mouth. I'm really embarrassed to, to even tell you that I watched that movie <coughs> because it's just, it's so bad. You watched like, it twice. I, honestly. Meredith. You watched it twice. Meredith. What? Shh. Okay. 
I did. And I also watched it in theaters and that was uncomfortable because there was like a lot of sex. Yeah. And it was almost like, it was just like kind of raunchy. And I'm just like, eh. Anyway, wouldn't recommend to be honest. Like if you're, if you really want to watch like bad, bad acting, then by all means, this movie is for you. Yes. But there, there wasn't, there isn't even yearning in this one. It's just like weird. So anyway, probably that one. Yeah. And I think the only reason we watched it twice is because I was like, you have to watch this movie. You have to see how bad this is. <laughs> it's so bad. If it was a straight movie, I would have turned it off. Oh, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> going for the scraps. <laughs> That's like we're basically the pop culture hyenas. That's <laughs> <laughs> The vultures. The vultures just taking whatever we can get. <laughs> but, okay, I'll, I'll admit, like, it's not all bad. No. There are some good ones. And, like, at least we are being represented like in, in like mainstream television. So you can watch like, for example, Grey's Anatomy. And there's like that, like hint of a storyline that interests you. Yeah. And you rewatch that one episode, <laughs> the, <laughs> the one episode, or you go to YouTube and just watch like whatever type in this, this, this relationship. And you get all the like main parts that you like. That's it. The moments of yearning, the first kiss. Like, Yeah. You just, I can boil down the scenes that I want to see into like just 10 minutes yeah. on YouTube. That's yeah. what I go for. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, you- the, 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 hang on. I'm going to tell you my, uh, yeah, my, my worst and best. So you obviously touched on like the hands down the worst. There's a, a show that was out. Um, and I may or may not have also watched this a little bit when I was still married, but it's called Lost Lost Girl. And it's like kind of a sci-fi show. And um, that show, that's pretty bad. That's a pretty bad Sci-fi? Show. Yeah. Oh, um, gosh. That sounds awful. Yeah. But do, do two girls kiss because I'm in. Yes. Um, so essentially this, yeah, this one, I guess the main character... Bo learns that she's not a human, but she's actually a succubus who feeds on the sexual energy of humans. That reminds me of the the show Sex Education with the side story of the girl who kind of is into aliens. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. That's like some sort of spinoff. Best one, best movie. Not a movie. Uh, It's a music video and it's... Party of One by Brandy Carlisle starring Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. Wow. And that one hits because as I've alluded to in the past, like just like any couple, I hope, or yeah, selfishly hope that we're not the only ones, which I know we're not. Meredith and I have our struggles and our arguments and that kind of like, it's, yeah, it just felt, yeah, it. normalized it. But it's also like how every fight that you ever have ends with someone like you're like really, really mad at each other. And then like somebody just like cracks a smile and then it's over. Okay. I wish our arguments ended like that. Sometimes they do. Sometimes. But usually they end with somebody like threatening to leave, not actually ever leaving. And then except for that one time you did actually leave, but not permanently, obviously. But then you come back and it's like you get into bed and you're like, okay, we're we have to, of course we're together. I'm not actually leaving. Yeah, which is basically what that whole song just being is being dramatic. Yep. And uh, I've I've said it once. I'll say it again. 
all girls should at some point in their life, whether you're straight or gay, date another girl so you can see how freaking crazy you are. Yeah. All right. Um, that was a much deeper dive into, like I said, what we were going to talk about, but we do have a specific agenda today. It's not yeah. the most, it's not the most interesting topic, but it was recommended that we do it by one of our mentors, especially good timing as we get into the, the new year tends to be a busier time of year for us. A lot of people are refocusing, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think a lot of people um, have a, a negative outlook on goal setting, New Year's resolutions, refocusing around January, but I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think so. And so uh, we will gladly and shamelessly ha take the opportunity to... Huh. <laughs> I was going to say hop, okay, so, but then I'm like, that's not going to work. <laughs> but thank you for not letting me get away with anything. Never, ever. Shamelessly take the opportunity to tell you about what we do and what our services are and what that looks like from a practical standpoint. No, we are not an Instagram. We're not Instagram influencers. No. Someone asked me that one time and I was like, okay, <laughs> A, that's like kind of offensive, but also at where, when do I ever like promote a product? You know, most influencers are like, buy my toe spacers, yeah. use code DB <laughs> 10. Anyways, no, we, we actually do <laughs> a job. We actually do things other than make videos and record podcasts and try to be a positive voice on the internet, which is a very big part of, of what we do, but really that's to, to generate leads and funnel people towards what we really do, and that's uh, coach and consult on nutrition. And we've been doing this for a minute since, like, for me, around 2015, you 2017. Tactic, our, our baby was born in 2018 and has grown up into the rowdy adolescent <laughs> business company that we have today. Um, yeah. So first we'll start with the dry stuff. But honestly, we had a lot of inquiries asking for more information about what our terms of service looks like. Um, so I'll just go through the nitty gritty. Oh, you're going to do the nitty gritty? Yeah. Oh, I love, I love nitty gritty. Okay, so... Um, I guess the big kind of general takeaway from one-on-one -on -one coaching is that it's very personalized. So personal. You're going to be one-on-one -on -one with a coach. You're going to have your own coach. Own coach. And that coach is going to be... Know everything about you. Yeah, hopefully. Texting you two to three times a week. Saying, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Hopefully a little more detailed than that. Um, they, they check your logs. Food logs, that if is. Your food logs. If you are logging, which most of our clients do log, some of them don't, and that's perfectly reasonable. What do you mean by Meredith? <laughs> In my fitness pal, Fat Secret or My Macros Plus. Those mm -hmm. are the, the third party food tracking apps that we usually recommend and that we have access to on our end. Mm. So we have our own we have our own login credentials and accounts and we can see your logs through our account. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. 
And so we can see what you ate for dinner, breakfast, lunch on the three days prior to that check-in. What about snacks? And snacks. You can see snacks. And we will send a message on a given day. I'll talk about the schedule in a minute. Asking questions that may pertain specifically to what you ate. It might pertain to your fiber intake, protein intake, macro targets. We might be talking about something more qualitative, like how your sleep was, maybe something that you were working on, like implementing some a little bit more self-care. What are some other things? Water intake is a big one. Um, how, how you're feeling if you're sick. Like that's a question I've been asking a lot lately. Like, are you feeling better? I am. Thank because you I don't want to be like harping on your food logs when like you can't eat. Oh man, that's so brutal when you like chirp someone for protein and they're like, oh, I've actually had the plague. <laughs> I've been puking days. all day. It's like, oh, sorry. Yeah. So yeah, I think we really like to stay in touch with how our clients are doing on pretty much all aspects of life. Sometimes I ask people about their dating life. Yeah. I ask how their, fe- how their mood is, if they're feeling positive about life. I'm very in touch with some of the um, more specific ways that they text. If I know a client well and they're, they're a little bit spottier with text messaging, I might say like, hey, is everything all right? You seem off. Like, is, is there something I could be doing differently? I think it's just to, to kind of sum it up, it's, we're, we're involved. Yeah, I guess the thing that sets uh, the way that we coach and communicate uh, apart from other companies is the frequency and the depth of communication. So whereas uh, there, you know, we're not the only coaching company in the space. There are companies that are bigger than us for sure. Uh, I would say industry standard is once per week email. Uh, nothing wrong with that if it works for people, but we find that um, it's a little well. Okay, it's a lot hard to get to know someone with once per week, and email also doesn't really lend itself to conversations. It's it's, it's sort of you know here's a bunch of questions and it's like, well, here's a bunch of answers and okay, thanks. I'll talk to you next week. Do this. Yeah. Like if you try to send in an email, like, Oh cool. How did that feel? And then 24 hours later you get a response. You're like, yeah, I mean, it's like, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. So that's why we chose to go with a higher touch point, more casual communication um, model. We still do keep track of important metrics. Like, um, you know, body weight, people send us progress pictures. We keep track of those things, but they're very much um, intertwined in conversation. And, you know, it's not, we don't want the first message that we get from a client to be, here's my weight. I mean, some people do, and that's fine, but it, it comes with, you know, I'm feeling really good about macros. My eating pattern has been better the last two weeks. I'm drinking more water here's my weight. I also know, noticed that my sleep improved. Like I, I feel like I'm, I'm making some progress here overall. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's what we're going for. And that's what we encourage people when they're assessing progress to, uh, to pay attention to versus, um, just, I guess, as, you know, hopping on a scale once a day and, and letting that be the sole determiner of, of progress versus, okay, let's understand that number in the context of what's been going on. Yeah. So Monday and Friday are coach initiated check-ins, which means you will be hearing from your coach. If a client texts me first on Friday, I'm all for it because they will bring me information that is beyond what I see in their logs. And I can ask questions based off that. Yeah. Very helpful, but not required. Wednesday is considered an optional check-in day. 
and it would be client initiated. So if a client has something going on, something going well, a sticking point, a win, I love hearing from clients on Wednesdays. Um, it can be a great opportunity for the client to bring forward what they have on their mind. So if, if maybe in the last three or four weeks, we haven't asked anything about um, meditation and they've been meditating, that would be an opportunity for them to say, hey, I've been doing this. It's been really helping. I'm wondering like, if you know anything about this app that I'm thinking of trying mm -hmm. what for whatever, or, Hey, I'm like my, my bowels, like I'm not going to the washroom regularly. Like what could be going on there? So really it's just like a kind of an open-ended client initiated. Yeah. I would say most people don't take advantage of the Wednesday, but if, if it's there, if needed. Yeah. Um, and, and then with regards to like video chats or calls, it's not something that we usually find necessary because we do talk to the client so frequently over text message. And we ask a lot of questions starting out with our intake form and our additional questions, get to know you questions so that we don't really feel like it's necessary to jump on a call. But if a client feels more comfortable with that, we can certainly set that up as well. Like a 20 minute kind of yeah. get to know you, like you're human, I'm human. Now that you've seen my face, you're never going to ghost me. Um, that sort of thing. You know, I have a face. Yeah. You have a face. <laughs> and, and then, um, we, with regards to weighing and measuring your body and progress, it really is person dependent. So if there's somebody who absolutely despises weighing themselves, then we don't push that. If you don't want to take a photo of yourself, we also don't push that. It's definitely helpful on our end to have an idea of what your body composition looks like, especially if you're kind of close to maybe an end goal and, and it would be helpful to understand muscle mass, but we can get that from really any photo. It doesn't need to be a, a photo in your bathing suit or your underwear in front of a mirror. No. Um, some of our clients find those valuable and, and if they want to send them for a form of accountability, we're all for it. But I think the one thing to say is like, rarely do we ever make past judgment on those photos. Yeah. 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 I don't, uh, when someone's like, well, what do you see? I have a hard time with that question. Cause mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not really in the business of assessing people's bodies. Um, you know, personal trainers will do that. They're like, oh, I think your deltoids are popping a little bit more. Um, and I find that people who come from that background with uh, training do want that feedback, but I'm never going to give it. I'm not going to say like, yeah, you're, you're, you know, your rhomboids are really developing nicely. No, I'm going to say like, how do you feel about this? Like, what do you see? Do you, do you see changes? Like, are, do you, are you happy with them? Are you feeling, um, you know, also positive and better in your days? Are you, are you is, the, is the way that you feel reflected in this photo? Yeah. And none of our approaches are necessarily, I wouldn't say none. Very few of our strategies or approaches are aesthetically driven. It's more of, um, okay, let's see how progress is, how results are are progressing based off of what we're doing, regardless of what we see in the photos, we're probably going to keep doing what we're doing kind of thing. Yeah. Cause it's like how dramatic would a photo have to be to really alter baseline approach, right? I mean, there's been one time where somebody's like, I, they sent me a progress photo and they were like very lean. And mm -hmm. I was like, Oh my goodness. You're oh too like, I, I never said like you're too lean, but I was like, <clears throat> we need to probably increase your calories at this point. Like, yeah. I wish I had known that this is what was going on. Um, but that was not 
I, I don't necessarily take responsibility for that. It was yeah, like just a, something that wasn't maybe made clear. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, you're right. I think the, the progress photo is kind of like the, I find the weight to be a little bit more of an important dat, dat, data point, especially if your macro is based and you have weight loss goals, it can definitely help determine progress. And I find it interesting when somebody is very weight loss driven, but they forget to weigh themselves yeah, interesting pattern, right? It is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's like, um Yeah. I think what's your what are your thoughts on that? Um it's kind of like people who and like I can't presume to understand because I know that there's a lot of emotions that go into um nutrition and, you know, weighing yourself. I mean, personally I don't weigh myself really ever. I don't really find that it's an important bit of information for me. Like I can look in the mirror and assess pretty well. Um so I can I guess understand why certain people wouldn't want that. But if I had a specific weight loss goal, I would not have a problem with doing it. Um, but anyways, it's, you know, it's, it's hard when you set out a goal and really there's only one way to measure that goal objectively and doesn't happen. It's kind of, you know, I, it's kind of like people who are in credit card debt and refuse to look at their bank statements it's like well, just because you're not looking at it doesn't mean that th- it's not real. Yeah, um, and it it can it's like the first it's really important to accept where you're at. And yeah. it's not like passive accept acceptance where you're just like well, you know accepting your fate. It's like okay, well this no, is good to know like what we're doing right whatever we're doing isn't progressing you where you uh, your initial goal like was. Right. And so we need to to address this. Yeah. But instead, it's this like denial. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot. I'm like, okay, I, like I don't. I'm not going to push somebody. Yeah. But I'm also like, this isn't helpful. It's not. No, I and I yeah, I think that that's kind of the in order to start moving in a, a direction with with goal striving, especially in like in the health space, especially when we're trying to improve health, and maybe that's through weight loss, maybe it's through some other um marker. It's absolutely vital that you accept where you are and you own it and you it doesn't have any power over you like just because you are in a place where you feel like you need to improve your health that doesn't make you a bad person it doesn't um you know doom you to a specific fate if anything, it just gives you a really solid understanding of like this is my starting point I think it's you know it's really difficult because of people's history with eating um you know trauma related eating issues. Um, body image issues like it's difficult for people to get over that hump of of denial and into a place of acceptance but once you can get someone there I think it's um, you know it's it's a really powerful moment you know like there's no more fear over it it's just like this is this is my starting point and the only you know it's only up from here kind of thing yeah and um yeah, it can be it can be hard and it can take a few it can take many attempts to get someone there. Yeah. Um and I think that it's it is like very important to understand like just because someone is struggling to make a change doesn't mean they don't want to make a change. Like I think that that's there's this whole thing in you know fitness and nutrition like oh you just got to want it. You just got to want it. You just have to want to do it. Well yeah, like they people want to do it. They are just struggling to make the changes and in it's helpful when a coach and, you know, practitioner, influencer, whatever 
you do in the space, it's helpful when you, you, you understand that and you respect that about people versus just assuming that they don't want it. Cause that's not the case. Yeah, I agree. And that's all to say that we work with a lot of people who don't necessarily just have weight loss goals. That's a big one. There are some people who don't need to weigh themselves and don't, mm-hmm. but the people, but we're talking about a certain subset of the population who are like very much weight loss. It is going to improve your health. You're going to feel better or they feel like they're going to feel better. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, there's like a lack of accountability. Yeah. That. And I think that's the, you know, we want to help um, all people achieve their goals and move in a positive direction. And I think that, you know, with, with people who have tried, you know, been, sorry, Ivy's just, but people who have, have been through the ringer with, um, diet programs, they've tried Weight Watchers, maybe they've tried Keto, maybe they've tried IF, like, we get that line a lot, like, oh, I've tried everything. And, um, you know, we want, I think that there's this, people want to change their body because they don't like something about it, which is, I think that's, there. you know, that's kind of a flawed, I, I hate this about myself, so I'm going to work hard to change it. Bit of a flawed approach. So, you know, I, think that our methods like, yeah, we want to help you make positive changes. And while we do that, we also want to help you learn to love your body for what, you know, what it can do for you, even if it's not perfect because no one's body is perfect. No one's perfect. You know, maybe there's 0.01% of the population who have a quote unquote perfect body, but even then by whose standards, Mm -hmm. who gets to decide that? Um, so yeah, our, our goal is to move people in a positive direction while also positively impacting the way that they see themselves. Yeah. So back to my point, and that's if a person isn't weighing themselves, it's not the coach's response isn't like, I, I'm going to need you to weigh yourself this week. It's let's dive a little deeper into what's going on. Yeah. And that's, I think, again, another, another separate, it's not just about the data. It's like, what's deeper nutrition is emotional. Nutrition is, is very foundational and it. It's not just about food. It's just not about the scale. It's so much more. Yeah. So I think that's, I mean, that's kind of our whole philosophy. Um, You know, we, we work with people. We don't work with math problems. We don't work with, um, it's not, it's not all numbers driven. And I think that took some time to kind of work out. I think you, as a, you know, I'm from an engineering background, you're from a law background, like very hyper logical people, even though you think sometimes I'm not logical. <laughs> I'm a very logical person. You're logical, but not organized. Yeah. Um, you want, and like, I desperately want the math to work out and it's like, you know, on paper, it's so simple, but there's nothing simple about human beings. And so shifting away from a numbers-based approach and towards a like behavioral and a human-based approach and a connection-based approach and a relationship-based approach really changed the way that we deliver our services and the way that we help people. And I think it changed in a very positive way. And a big part of that change was moving away or pivoting away from the performance nutrition space. I mean, we still have a number of athletes that we work with, um, with coaching and moving towards more the, you know, holistic health based nutrition coaching, which honestly, like to be frank is pretty beneficial for athletes as well. Covers most of their bases. 
Um, the hardest part of that change is that it, it's literally just, it is harder to coach that way. It takes more time. It takes more mental energy. Um, it takes patience. It takes you as a, a human being and as a coach being able to set aside your frustrations with people um, and holding space for them. And I think that's, that's the, the most important part of coaching is not solving people's problems. And that's, I think when people sign up for coaching, a lot of times they come with problems. You know, they come with, I have this problem. I want to solve this problem. I want you to solve this problem. And the reality is you can't solve people's problems for them. They can solve them, their problems. And a lot of times that relies on conversation, understanding, and holding space for really people to talk themselves through whatever issues they're having. Um, and that's, that's, I would say, the main difference between our coaching philosophy and, and now and the way that it was when we started and the way that a lot of other coaches and companies operate. Like, I'm not going to, I don't have the answers. I have some answers, but I can't guarantee they're the right ones for everyone. But what I can do is I can hold space and have conversations with people. And a lot of times during those conversations, people, you know, they, they sort of talk themselves into a hole and then they talk themselves out of the hole. And then when they do that, you know, it's, it's a self-guided process. It's, it's client-directed. There's ownership because there's autonomy as they move through that, which means the results are going to be better. Versus, you know, they say, I'm struggling, you know, with my body image in this way, or I'm struggling because of this. You know, a, a novice coach might say, well, that's silly. Like, you look great. Like, you know, think of all the things that are going well in the gym. You know, they give the answers versus creating space for the client to really talk themselves through their issues, get to get to their bottom of it, and then come out the other side. Yeah. And then, I mean, you can ask probing questions that might help. For example, today I had a client message me this morning and say, I'm I'm having a bit of a week. I've got some stress, some health stress, and um, got some tests back. I really want to get things in order, but I'm sick. I'm, all I've been able to do is walk my dog. My macros have been off. I'm just, I need to get like things back in order. And I was like, I'm really, first, I, I've of course validated because that's difficult. Like that's a tough week. And then I, I said, instead of, and this is maybe something I would have done in the, the past, like let's get you back to tracking your macros. Let's, you know, get to the gym or if you're not feeling well, like maybe do some at-home workouts or whatever. But instead I said, what is one thing that you can do today that would make you feel more grounded, more in order? And that's on her to, to think critically about like, what, what are my circumstances? What can I do today to make myself feel better? Yeah. I can't tell her what that is. If I told her to track her macros and she's totally overwhelmed, then that's just going to add stress. And I don't want to be that person or that coach. No. And it's going to make her feel worse when she doesn't accomplish it. Yeah. So she has to decide, but I can also help her direct her into that decision. Not the actual decision, but thinking about it. Do you ever, do you ever with clients, uh, I did this once this week, you've, maybe you've worked with someone for long enough that you've seen some patterns arise with the way that they struggle in specific ways and you can almost see it coming. Um, you know, but they might say something like, I just have to try harder and, you know, buckle down and track my macros 100% of the time. And 
do you ever as a coach try to back that person off of that line of thinking? If you, the, if the, if history tells us if they do that, they will fail in this exact same way next time. Do you ever do that? Talk them out of trying harder. Mm -hmm. I might remind them of their tent, like, yeah, the pattern in a way that's like sensitive. Like I think the one thing that I do differently is I reflect back what I'm hearing. I think that's number one. Again, it's like a form of like validation. Yeah. Um, and then I might say, has this, is this approach, has this worked for you in the past? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm, when questions and it's text message based, so you have to be a little bit careful. I always, especially starting out with clients, if I ask a question that could be deciphered a certain way, I'm always careful to say like, as a reminder, like, None of these questions are are leading or judge, like meant to be judgmental. It's I'm asking out of a place of curiosity. Yeah, and so that can that can kind of take the a potential edge off the question. I'll do the same, or I'll say like, please, like I'll even say, read this in a neutral tone. Mm-hmm. Like there's no there's no tone here. There's nothing beneath the service. I'm just asking a question because I'm curious. Yeah, it's it's kind of um, investigating, having probing pushing the client to investigate their behaviors or their responses to something a little more closely, mm-hmm. um, which can open up kind of a new pathway for success. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the answer is yes, but yeah, I think it's good. Cause that's another way to sometimes, um, you know, you want to hold space, but sometimes you have to actually create the space to hold yeah. first because people, you know, maybe their experience with coaching is, um, a different company or a different coach who was very, you know, do this, do this, do this, do this. And just because we aren't those coaches and we don't coach that way, doesn't mean that the person is not going to bring their previous experience within them or uh, in with them and then project that experience onto like their relationship with us. And so sometimes it's sort of um, about working backwards and um, kind of helping the client and us as coaches reestablish our own coaching relationship and kind of be like, well, hang on, hang on. Like I'm not saying that you need to do that. And, you know, creating, getting curious with the client who, which then helps them get curious with themselves versus an approach that lacks any amount of curiosity, which frankly is a lot of coaches and, and coaching companies. And that's, that's with fitness. That's with nutrition. That's with, you know, a lot of people just, they, are told what to do by coaches who, who that's how they want to do their job. And so that's what they think that a coaching relationship should be. Yeah. I, I recently was on an, a couple inquiry calls with people who are like, I just need a coach to tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And that's always, it always makes me cringe a little. And then I have to be that person that's like, well, that's not really what we do. Like this is our approach. And yeah. we talked about this in that podcast. Um, I don't know what number it was, but basically like what the idea, like, what's in a, a good client. Yeah. And this is all only possible when the client is invested and engaged and is willing to actually like work. Mm. And that's not just work on your nutrition. It's work <clears throat> at the relationship, work at the conversation. Yeah. Like we're pushing, we're pushing our clients. Yeah. Like I, I often will say to my client, I'm, I know I'm annoying you right now. Just humor me. Yeah. And it's just question after question. Like, tell me more about that. Why do you think that's the case? What do you think is underlying that? Like, cause I don't know. And I can only get understanding if the client is willing to 
elaborate a little bit on what they're going on. I don't want to make assumptions. I know. I find like sometimes if I, if I text somebody or someone texts me later in the day and I've kind of checked out, I can get, I, I have to be careful not to be like, yeah, that sounds good. I know. Cause it's like, I don't want to ask that next question cause it's work. Yeah. It's work on my part. It's work on the client's part. It's going to open a can of worms. And that's partially why we start checking as early as we can. Yeah. But there's that for me, I, I like to, to say like I actively coach and sometimes I have to be careful not to like lazy coach. Yep. Lazy coaching is just saying like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Try harder. Uh, Hopefully yeah. like looking forward to great macros on Monday and I can be guilty of that. And sometimes it's okay. Sometimes yeah. it's not. It depends. Um, I, I was listening to a podcast with this woman named Mel Robbins. She's well known for um, some public speaking stuff. She's a, a lawyer and has done some, um, kind of motivational talks and things like that. And so she said on this podcast, a sentence that has helped her in her life, but also especially with her relationship with her kids. And that's when it, when your child comes to you with something or a person comes to you, you create space and you do that by saying, do you need me to listen or do you want advice? And I think I assume that most people, first of all, want to listen, want somebody to listen to. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the first line of, um, the first thing that you do when someone comes and that's with any client coming in, they have problems and you need to listen to them. You need to validate them and you need to have it, make it clear that you understand where they're coming from. And then the next question is, and this is usually comes after like, well, what would you do? Or what do you think I should do? Or like when you provide a plan, you already are providing advice under the understanding that they want it, but it's do, now do you want my advice or is it all right if I share my advice? And when that advice comes, even sometimes it's a personal, it's like, Hey, I I have a personal experience with this. Can I share my story? It's very, um, rather than just coming at it being like, Oh, that happened to me one time. This is what I did. You should try it too. Well, I don't think that's, I didn't ask for that. I don't care. It's kind of like when some, when you lose a part or when you lose a family member, somebody dies, the last thing you want. And I can talk about this from my own personal experience is someone to say like, Oh yeah, I know exactly how you feel. I that that similar a similar thing happened to it. And I found that the best thing to do is this. So you should try it. Well, have you tried this? No, that person doesn't want that. No, they just they want to be most likely. Yeah, most likely. I think they and this is like a, a fundamental human need is they want to feel connected to you and validated and um they want the relationship versus like um, you know, it unsolicited advice giving, if you, if the assumption instead of this person wants to be listened to, they want advice that can feel really bad in a moment where you're like, all I want for someone for myself right now is for someone to say like, wow, that sounds, that sounds really tough. Are you doing okay with that? Like that's, that's a better route to go than, um, like, oh yeah, well you should try this. Like, and even when, I mean, could go into a whole podcast on the shit that people say when someone dies, but you know, she's in a better place. Oh, I love, oh. I don't want to get into the religious thing, but I, I'm not particularly religious. I have nothing <clears throat> against religion. I'm just not. And I can't stand when someone says it was God's plan. Mm-hmm. I'm like, can you just keep that to yourself? That doesn't make me feel better. That, that, that really just makes me feel worse. Yeah. I get it. Like they're, they're probably coming from a space of love, but it's like, 
uh, read the room. Mm, yeah, it's, it's, it's that's that one like, gets me. Toxic positivity, though. It's it's like that one specifically is, is people they don't want to to sit with you in those feelings. They don't. It's very hard for people to sit with others in sorrow. Yeah, and in grief, it's uncomfortable. I mean, you know, it's uncomfortable to have those feelings by yourself. Yeah, and for someone who hasn't gone through something personally to basically step into the fire with you, they don't want to do that. And so instead of doing that, they say shit like, it was God's plan. She's in a better place. She's not in pain anymore. Um, mm, everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. What reason is that? <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's something for them to say that you know, hopefully makes you feel better, but really it makes them feel better and abdicates responsibility for actually making a human connection with, the, with you or with anyone going through something and go through that, go through it with them. Yeah. I will say in my, um, coaching development, I'm not perfect by any means, What? but I definitely, I'm trying to do my best in learning. And I look back on the person who was coaching early on and I'm like, wow, (laughs) what a shit. Yeah. (laughs) Like I cared so deeply about each and every client and I tried so hard, but looking back, I'm like, man, I had so much learning to do, but I guess that's not a bad thing to look back on that, but it would be a problem if you were like, yeah, I'm doing things the exact same way that I was four years ago. That would be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope four years from now we look back on this moment and think like, wow, if only I knew (laughs) then what I know now. And I think that's like, everybody's a work in progress. Every, every coach is a work. The second that someone thinks that they know everything they need to know to do the job, they need to leave. They need to get a different job because it's, you can't know everything you need to know. I sure like, I don't, I never will. And I'm never going to stop trying to learn as much as I can to make me better at the job that I have. Yeah. And that's from a, a coaching standpoint. That's from a, a content, you know, dissemination of, of information standpoint, business ownership, everything. Like every day I wake up and it's like, what can I learn today to make me better at what I'm trying to do? Yeah. And then um, to kind of talk, just to go a little bit back to about who we are. And we are a team of, I think we have actually 11 people now. Yeah, I think so. 11 coaches. Including us. Yeah. Um, so we're not alone. We have a, a team that we meet with frequently. We, all of us coaches talk to each other almost probably daily. Some of us, I talk to a couple, a couple of coaches almost on a daily basis. They're our only friends. Yeah. Really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of it. Um, but that can be that, that that has been helpful for our own growth and our other coaches growth and development. I well, and I it's an enormous resource, mm-hmm. like a coaching network that we can tap into, you know, when our clients are struggling with something or, you know, when their clients are struggling in t- with something, it's, you know, it's, we can tap into the collective knowledge that we all have, um, you know, keeping client confidentiality in the forefront of, you know, how we talk about people, but we work together on client issues a lot. Like yep. you, you might have your one coach, but really you have 11. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that's, that's something that we rely on a great deal. And, you know, I think from a, a relationship standpoint, the, the relationships that we build with clients is really strong. I certainly have <clears throat> more than a few clients who, you know, have crossed over into the friend zone, <laughs> flyants, um, friend clients. And I love that. It's, uh, it's really rewarding to work with people who, 
trust you enough and like you enough to become your friend. One and of my clients was making fun of me. She's like, when you talk to me about nutrition, you have like a different tone. And I'm like, yeah, it's my professional tone. I put on my coach hat. And then we can transition after to friend talk. And then I take my coach hat And that's off. when I, yeah, yeah, I'm a little bit more like loose. Loose and I can joke around and buster balls. Yeah. Um, I would say most like, you know, back to kind of the, the terms of service and how our coaching works. We, you know, we do recommend that people commit to three months of coaching if they do want to sign up. Anything less than that tends to be unproductive. And, um, you know, on average, I would say people stick with us for, it has to be like eight months, min- like minimum. Like that, that's the average. And I think all of our clients, all of our coaches who've been with us for a few years have clients that they've had for a few years. Like I have, I have clients that I got when I was working for M2 and that's five years. Yeah. Ago. And I think that speaks to our our philosophy is, is we are so much more than nutrition. Most of my clients know what they're doing with nutrition, Yeah, but it's there. You're offering value far, much far beyond that. Yeah. And, um, that's makes me proud. It does. Yeah. Same. Um, I had someone the other day and she's definitely the, she's a client friend, friend, client, client. Um, and she had worked with someone else previously before she started working with me and basically said, I, you know, I had this realization that, um, you know, you're, you're kind of trying to trick me into a more normal relationship with food. And maybe this is just my style as a coach, but I really try to, you know, if someone's, as long as their, their food looks okay, like pretty good, I don't tend to talk much about it because I don't want to give people the wrong idea. I don't want to give people the idea that like every single like, gram of food that they put in their log matters because it doesn't. Um, and I, I don't want to create hyperfixation tendencies on, on macros, especially with people who are logging their macros, logging their calories. Um, I don't, I don't really want people to, to get too like stuck in the numbers. So I don't really talk to them, you know, much about that. And, um, you know, I, I allowed for a pretty, like a, a pretty wide road with targets. And then, you know, I'm, I would say with a certain subset of clients, I pretty frequently recommend that they just not, track like you know if they're away for a weekend in the mountains or with family for a weekend it's like yeah just like don't track anything like you know you know how to eat you know what your food looks like most days just like kind of make it look like that and let's not worry about the numbers because like, you're not going to bring a food scale with you you're not going to bring a food scale with you mm-hmm. um don't be that person so you're going to be eyeballing and guessing anyways not going to be accurate like don't allow like don't let it take you out of the moment um with but that you're, said, build, you're building a toolbox that you can take with you wherever you go. And that's exactly the point. That's the only reason to track macros is it, it allows you to start to calibrate your eyeball and your understanding and develop a diet pattern that is just transferable. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one type of client. And somebody else, like maybe it would, it would be more beneficial for them to like, yeah, you, you're not going to be accurate. Um, but, you know, estimating might be a good job and it might help you think about food. It depends on the client. And yeah, and at. that's, again, it's like, what do you think would be best for you? Yeah. Given that they have a good understanding of the value that tracking provides to them. Totally. And they'll say, Alex, I think I should probably track. And you're like, I, I, th- I agree. Yeah. I think that is a good approach for you. I, um, I'm going to make an Instagram a post about this, but we can Instagram talk about a it. Post. Instagram a post. <laughs> Instagram I a have post. Been- <laughs> <laughs> You've been waiting. Yeah. That was <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
I did a Mar- I did a Mario. It's a me Instagram <laughs> post. Um, anyways, of course you turn that into a joke. You sucked. Um, I'm gonna do a post about this. I think so. But anyways, we'll just talk about it because either the post will have come out by the time this is out, or this will precede. It. I don't know. Whatever. Um, there's a lot of reductionism that exists in nutrition and in the coaching space, and especially in nutrition coaches online. And uh, we were talking about this yesterday when we started talking about this post and this concept. And, you know, now's a time of year, and really it's been going on since American Thanksgiving because that's when this chatter kind of starts. And it comes from a place of wanting to be helpful for the most part. Um, but you'll see these one-liners start to pop up on Twitter, on, um, on coaches' pages. And, you know, one that I saw the other day was this it was the average person eats three meals per day which means they eat 1095 meals in a year that's three times 365 essentially it says you're welcome um (laughs) it says what you eat for christmas dinner doesn't matter and you know i started doing the math and, and really like you could say even if you have let's say 16 meals that you have uh across the year for thanksgiving for christmas for your birthday, for Easter, sometime in the summer, whatever. That's 1.8% of the, the meals that you will eat in a year. And so the whole point of this, this one-liner is these coaches are trying to say, you know, one meal doesn't matter, doesn't make a difference. And do you want to know who, like, that one-liner is helpful for? It's helpful for those nutrition coaches, it's helpful for people who have their shit dialed in most of the time and, and need someone to say, it's okay to not track. It's okay to take a meal off. And for the very small subset of people who that applies to, it's great advice. But the vast majority of the people who we work with, and I would say in general, who are seeking out help with their nutrition and fitness, have not dialed their lifestyle or their diet in to a point where that's helpful. They struggle every single day of the year, or at least a lot of the time, to establish a good diet pattern, to establish a baseline. And a statistic like that just reminds them of that because they're going to see that and they're going to say like, but what about the other 1,080 meals that I eat in a year that I know are not what I want them to be? It's just not helpful. And it's like, it's, it, it's distracting and I think it's really a good indication of like the issue with the nutrition industry generally is that it's, they, it, they, we, they try to simplify things too much when really it's, it's individual, it's personal. And for each person, that intersection of, of happiness and success, like we said this for Thanksgiving, you want to take what's going to make you feel successful and what's going to make you feel happy. And you want to make those have a baby where those two intersect is going to be different for everybody. And for some people who are early on in their journey, who are just getting started with nutrition and making positive changes, they're probably going to have to push that harder towards success. They're going to have to push harder in the direction of their goals and maybe forego some of the balance and flexibility that they've had in the past. Whereas someone who's a bit more dialed in, who's maybe been you know, with us or, or working on nutrition for over a year, they're doing a good job. Maybe this year is the year where they push more in the direction of balance and flexibility and they let go of some of the restraint that they've been building and practicing across the year. So two very different 
areas of focus for two very different situations and people. And that's how we need to consider nutrition on an individual level. And instead of, of reducing people's experience in the holidays specifically down to a single tweet. Yeah. I think those types of tweets, those numbers, those lines can perpetuate this like lack of responsibility. It's like, Oh, Christmas is only one meal. Oh, Christmas Eve is just, and Christmas is just two meals out of 1000. Well, um, okay. So then what happens when it's like, Oh, it's just my birthday. It's just my birthday week. Oh, it's my mom's birthday. It's my kid's birthday. Oh, it's the end of school. I'm celebrating. Oh, I won this thing at work. I was celebrating. It's like, then it's Easter. Then it's Halloween. And then it's Halloween week after your kids have all the candy. It's like, it doesn't stop. And like, we see this on a nutrition as nutrition coaches. Cause it's like literally every single week, somebody has something. And the problem is like, it's not just Christmas. It's like, it's Christmas, it's Thanksgiving, it's Halloween, it's Easter, it's your birthday, it's your mom's birthday. Like all those things I just said, like that adds up to a lot more than 0.1 whatever percent. Like it ends up being, it's the weekend. Oh, I drink. Oh, my kids. Like, oh, it's vacation. Like, oh my goodness. Like by that time it's 50%. And that's the problem is like, it's abdicating this responsibility to, to strive for balance on days that are special. Cause there's a lot of special days in this world. Every, honestly, every day is special and we need to find and a way to every maybe- day you can abdicate the responsibility to eat in line with your goals and values. Yeah. There is a way just to touch back on core values to like, to find harmony with the value of health and wellness and like enjoying social outings. Yeah. You don't need to be crazy. Like for some people it might be, it might be like, Oh, Christmas is great. I can let loose. Like you said, I look at that. I'm like, oh, I like eating cookies at Christmas, but there are other people that I work with where I'm like, Hey, it is Christmas. I want you to enjoy a couple glasses of wine, but maybe not three bottles. And I don't say that to them. They say that to me. Yeah. Like it's maybe- a great opportunity <laughs> to find the right balance for them. This is the year that we can get to January 1st and not feel like a dumpster fire. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Um, I think that's exact like that, that cause you, cause you were like, I'm going to post that. And I was, and we, then we had a whole long conversation about like, I don't know if that's necessarily the message we want to be sending. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it was like, how, where do we put the, the qualifier? And I'm like, no, the mm-hmm. qualifier needs to be the whole video. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's, I love a good one liner. I do like it. It just, it has to be the right one. Yeah. And that one's like, that one is not, like the, the math is right. The statistics numbers, 100% accurate, but how actionable is that actually for people who, um, who, who, yeah, who struggle, who don't have it figured out yet. It's not, it's, it's, it might be the most useless thing I've seen on the internet in like the past week. I think the one thing that it's good for is, is to say, okay, you had a bad day. It's one bad day. Mm -hmm. You can say that about anything, but like, it's like, it's a way to kind of avoid the, the guilt cycle yeah um because yeah you shouldn't necessarily feel guilty that's just a a, a vicious a vicious cycle but it also is like okay you can't slough this off like it's still going to be impactful yeah the one day isn't but if you understand what we're getting at it's it's it's, sure it's the- many days that are only worth <laughs> te- like 0.01 percent yeah. of the pie of yeah. all the meals that you eat uh-huh. it, they add up mm-hmm. it and that's and then that is the pattern your pattern 
Yep. And that's, it just, it's all about establishing a better diet pattern. Mm -hmm. 365 days of the year that also allows for some flexibility here and there. Yeah. Um, but it, you gotta establish that first. Like it's, you gotta, and, and maybe that means, you know, working a little harder over the holidays than you would normally work on nutrition and that's okay. Yeah. I promise you it's not going to take away from quality time with friends and family because that's yeah. ultimately what we're here for unless your friends and family suck and then I hope you're going somewhere tropical. Um, okay, let's dive quickly into the other offering. Um, when you sign up for coaching, you receive a personalized nutrition plan. The plan is based on the basics. And unfortunately, slash fortunately, the basics are pretty much the same for everybody. A lot of the recommendations are the same. Yeah. It's personalized based on your goals, your history, uh, your body weight, your height, all of these things, your activity level, your macros, if we're providing macros or calories, those targets are highly personalized. They're not, we don't use a calculator online to, to use them. We use, like Meredith and I usually work on those plans together or a couple of our other coaches do them as well. And it's based on experience with many, many people that we've worked with, over 2,000. The, the plan is not a meal plan. Yeah. And I just to, to clarify, she's referencing the plan because we... So yes. like our, in addition to coaching, if someone does not need coaching, um, they can just buy the plan Yeah, and that's a little bit less expensive, but it's, you know, it's enough to, if you stick to it, if you do it, it's probably going to work. Um, <laughs> a lot of times, you know, we'll get people that sign up for it that don't have, in our opinion, the right experience to be doing it. Like no experience with macros, never done much with their nutrition, but like, we'll write that we'll write it for them. And then we'll get people who sign up and they think that they're signing up for a meal plan, even though I'm, I think we're pretty clear along the way that it is not a meal plan. And um, sometimes they can get a little salty with what they receive when really like it's a, it's a phenomenal plan. Um, I, I think that the, we get a lot of, well, I can get all this information on the internet. We've, we don't get that a lot. We no, no, we that get a that. Few times. Uh, yes. Um, it's, uh, we did get that feedback last week. And my response is always the same. It's like, yeah, that's any, any decent nutrition company, if they write you a plan is going to include information that's actually not that difficult to find because the, uh, scientifically proven methods within nutrition are actually quite well understood. And the difference is there's, there's a lot of nuance and detail out there that it's, it's hard to know what to apply and how to apply it. So we just kind of curate the information and that's what our plan is. It's, it's curated uh, nutrition information, lifestyle information that's tailored to the needs of the client. So it's basically like, I, you know, a good analogy for nutrition online. If you, someone sets out and they're new to, new to uh, health and nutrition and they, they set out online to, uh, to start their nutrition journey it's gonna seem and feel a lot like trying to take a sip from a fire hose. Like it's just, there's so much information. It can be overwhelming to even know how to start. So we just kind of call a lot of the useless information out and you know, here's the important stuff. Here's a glass of water for you to drink. Figuratively, Alex, <laughs> um, <laughs> instead of a fire hose. 
Yeah, thank okay. you. I got that. All right. I'm all about metaphors. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> it just makes it a little easier. Well, okay, a lot easier to digest, and it's a hell of a lot more actionable than anything online. And um, yeah, so that's kind of the spiel with the way that we we curate and put together our nutrition plan. Yeah, I apologize to go back. The plan that you receive when you sign up for plan only is very similar to the plan that you receive initially with coaching. The main difference is ongoing coaching. The coach is one-on-one. They are working with you to implement the plan and going much deeper on that relationship level. Yeah. The plan only is the plan. That's all you get. You do not get any ongoing communication. No. We ask you to check in with us after 30 days. I've mentioned this before on the podcast. Very rarely do I hear from people, which leads me to believe that most people don't end up doing the plan, Mm -hmm. which is is unfortunate because I do think it is actually very good information. (laughs) And if implemented has yielded great results. Yeah. The problem is people don't do it. It can be hard to know how to implement it or just they don't have the accountability. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the we did get some feedback uh, a couple weeks ago from somebody who had signed up for the plan um, two weeks before they provided the feedback telling us that they they realized that they got what they paid for they wish that the plan had provided had contained at least two weeks of example meals specifically specifically curated for them based on their preferences and dietary restrictions and their the macros that we prescribed so basically they wanted a meal plan and saying that this isn't going to work for them and i guess what i'm going to say and i think this is probably clear based on the information we just provided and our experience with coaching is that like anything to have success you have to work for it this like this isn't a passive activity. No. You have to try. It's educate you have to learn, you have to be involved, you have to be actively working and actively patient at the same time. It's there is there are a lot of requirements that go far beyond just like like being like I want to fix my nutrition or I want to lose weight. It's it's not easy. I want a meal plan. Yeah, it's no one is going to do it for you and we specifically don't do meal plans not because we don't we're afraid of hard work. It's because they don't work. The thing is, like, I could, I could say to, to a person who wants a meal plan, like, I will write that for you. Two weeks of, you know, fourteen different meals for every. You can, you can, you can scale that out. It. I will charge you one thousand dollars. It's still not going to work. It's not going to work. And so then it, it's like, oh, what about Christmas? I don't know. Eat what I told you to eat. Well, my well, friends invited me out to sushi, but there's not sushi on my meal plan. So I guess I'm getting tempura and all the rolls, rolls with mayonnaise. Yeah, like you like, can't go out. You can't. I mean, this is just one issue. You can't go out. There's absolutely no flexibility. What if you go to the store and they're out of, I don't know, apples? Mm-hmm. That person doesn't know. Okay, well, maybe I'll just find something that's equivalent to the same amount of carbs that an apple has. Well, how... like then their fiber's off because they're going to go for something else like a melon that doesn't really have fiber. Well, we put an apple in there specifically because that's going to get you to your fiber goals. So now you don't know to eat a higher fiber snack at night. Like, because there's no adaptability, there's no education, there's no learning. Yeah. Um, The second issue is 
I have no idea what people like to eat. Oh, Specific I people. Like <laughs> I, I did make a meal plan for someone. I got into a whole hullabaloo with somebody who had signed up for coaching. Not and was a hullabaloo. Expecting me to basically tell them exactly what to eat every single day. So I basically wrote them like a meal plan guide. And it was as, as flexible as I can make it. And I said, for each meal, pick one of the vegetables from this list. And so she could pick any of the vegetables in order to fill the gap of vegetable. Cause like vegetables are fairly interchangeable. Yes. And there was a whole list of probably 12 vegetables. And she said, this isn't going to work for me. I don't like broccoli. <laughs> and I didn't, I was like, you know what? Here's your refund. We don't even do refunds. Yeah. It was like, leave and never, never, ever, ever contact me again. Lose this number. Like I, I just, I don't have patience for people who are that, uh, helpless, helpless, helpless. And it's just, it's just, I need everything done for me. It, it's the whole thing. Teach a man to fish. He eats. Okay. Oh, wait, geez. Oh, gosh. oh gosh. I'm okay. Catch a fish for a man. No, he eats Alice, for a day. No. <laughs> teach a man to fish. He eats for a lifetime. Okay, we are teaching people how to fish. I don't, I don't, I don't know what fish you like. I don't, I can't. And you need to eat for more than one day. Yeah. What happens when you go off the meal plan? You have, I, we hear over and over, I lost 30 pounds, but then I gained it all back. And of course the question is, well, how did you lose the weight? Well, I cut out all processed carbs. I cut out alcohol. I, I didn't eat any, any like, so no pasta, no rice, no complex. I only ate complex carbs like fruits and vegetables. I didn't eat any candy. I never ate dessert. Oh, and I didn't eat past 6 p.m. Oh, so how did you gain all the weight back? Oh, well, I just kind of started eating pasta again and I was eating at nighttime. And it's like, okay, because you didn't learn anything. Yeah. There, was, there was no way to know how to implement that stuff back in or get this not excluded in the first place. What? What? <laughs> That's where macros are so valuable. You're saying I can have gummy bears? <laughs> um, yeah. And I think really it's just like, it's simple. Yeah. I, I said to a guy the other day, I'm like, you know what? Most people know what to do. It's just about doing it. And he was like, actually, I don't know what to do. Because he had been so confused yeah. by all of the information out there. He's like, I don't know when I need to eat. I don't know what combination of foods to eat at each meal. I don't know like if I can eat at nighttime. Like it was all you these can, things. You like, can do or not do any of that stuff. Like yeah. that's the reality. Whatever you want to do, whatever feels right. Use People that are so as, like, in the, the weeds. Bones. And some of the, some of the <clears throat> value, a lot of our value of, of having a coach or even just the plan is, t- is the is having someone say, it's okay. Yeah. What you're doing is good. That, that is powerful. Yeah. To put people at ease and be like, oh, okay. Because it's hard, even me, who I, I would consider myself very knowledgeable in the area of nutrition. I get caught up in all this, this stuff being like, oh, am I eating the right things? There's so many factors to consider. And there's so much noise yeah. that it's, it's hard to know like what's the right amount. And I just don't think there's, there's no one size fits all. No. As long as you feel good and you feel what's right. That's what's the main, that's the main thing. Yep. Yeah. So that's my big spiel on meal plans. I just spiel. really can't, I can't, it really grinds my gears when people are like, Oh, I just, it would have been so much better if you just came here and cooked my food and chewed it for me and then spit it into my mouth like a little baby bird. 
That's basically what I hear when someone says, can I have a meal plan? <laughs> what you hear is like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> no, you can't have a meal plan. No. And actually, most people shouldn't be writing meal plans. Trainers, yeah. like, there's some legal gray area with meal plans, and we don't, we don't also, like, we're not going to dabble in legal gray area. You don't need a meal plan. They don't work. No. Stop asking for no, it. No, no. You lazy. Um, <laughs> anyways. It's because like, we love you. It is. We do. We really do. Um, that's it, though. Like, we offer two things in addition to being, like, awesome people on the internet. We, we the, the one other thing, we offer six months up front with a 10% off discount. Yeah, we for do. For one-on-one coaching. We do do that. So, and then we also have a fitness coaching option, but that's separate and apart from nutrition coaching. There's a separate coach for that. We do have a fitness um, coach. And that's, if you want more information on that, please email me at alex at tacticmethod.com. You're just going to give your email out to millions of people like that? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Can't believe you would do. You're going to get okay, so fine. many emails. Okay, fine. Info at tacticmethod.com. Yeah, I mean, that's it. We're at hour 20, so let's wrap it up. Oh, Holy that cow. That went by quick. I mean, we did talk about gay shit for 20 minutes, so... Um, Anyways, thanks for hanging in there. If you uh, if you don't, made it, this don't week, Alex, don't <laughs> let no. me do it. Let me do it. If you made it this far in the podcast, send us a red pushpin emoji. Red pushpin. Alex is like, what's a pushpin? I know what a pushpin is. Yeah. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, as always, we hope you have a happy and healthy holiday season. However, you choose to celebrate and whoever you choose to celebrate it with. Uh, If you're in our area, it looks like it's going to warm up for the weekend, which is great. And yeah, uh, we will, we'll catch you on the flip side. Adios. 